Have you ever considered that as we all get older, we're going to have to face that senior word? What are some of the challenges that we face or will face as senior citizens when it comes to prepping? Stay with us, and when we come back, Krista's going to dive into that. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. We're going to discuss uh, senior citizens and preparedness. You know, there are millions and millions of senior citizens, and I guess it depends on how do you define a senior citizen. Some have a random age. Anywhere from 50 to about 65 is about the age range where most people in America are considered a senior citizen. Now, there's a bunch of 50-year-olds out there that take umbrage to that. They're getting those mailers from the AARP and the AMAC and some of those retirement person organizations that are recognizing that they've turned that big 5-0. And so they're kind of already classifying them as senior citizens. And there are some that don't believe they are senior citizens, even if they are actually in their 80s or 90s. They still talk about old people and they don't include themselves in that conversation. You know, we all know somebody, or maybe we are that somebody that's in that age class. Mark and I both are in our mid-60s. So for all intents and purposes, we're senior citizens, and we can certainly recognize the challenges and even the benefits that can come from a senior citizen in the world of prepping and preparedness. Now, I'm going to talk about the benefits and the challenges of senior citizens and prepping. Now, there are some senior citizens out there that are very healthy. They're very fit. They are just ripped with muscles. They're like in Ironman challenges, and they're still playing tennis and riding horses and carrying on a very active, very healthy lifestyle. I mean, that's my role model. I know I'm not there, but I certainly have known some people that have that type of physicality where they've taken very good care of their health, and they've remained active, and they exercise, and they eat right. They do all the right things. So there are some out there that are aging beautifully that way. The majority of senior citizens fall into a more moderate group, moderate ability. They're ambulatory. They're up and around. They can still drive. They can still make decisions on their own. But they're in the aches and pains crowd. And that's kind of where Mark and I are a lot of the times. You know, we're, <laughs> we, we make that noise when we sit down in a chair. And that's how you know how old you are. You know, that noise when you sit down. That's how you can tell you're a senior citizen. So we're still able to do some things, but we're being very aware of our limitations. And we're finding that year after year, more of those limitations may be showing up. And then there's the next group of senior citizens who sadly are in very poor health, either from their own lifestyle or from no fault of their own. They've just managed to get into an area of their life where they're not very ambulatory. Maybe they have mobility issues. You know, even the Queen of England was in the news today for having to cancel an appearance 
at a very well-known opening of Parliament because she has mobility issues. Now, of course, she is 96 years old. It's not at all unusual to have mobility issues. But then there are some that beyond mobility, they're having some memory issues. Maybe some dementia is beginning to set in. Perhaps they're having some Alzheimer's. There's just so many different things that can be an affliction to senior citizens. And, you know, we're all very sad to know that that can be the case. And we certainly want to pray for those that are in that shape. Now, one thing we can think about is the medical preps for a senior citizen. You know, some have said it's the pill-taking crowd. Well, you know, sometimes we have to take those pain relievers and those meds that are going to help keep us fit and healthy. It's what our doctor believes we need, and so it does help. But I will tell you that a lot of doctors in America especially, they're not going to be very much on board with you having the conversation with them about wanting to stockpile your medications. You know, with the onset of the insurance companies and health insurance plans, it's not quite likely that you'll be able to uh, stockpile a six-month or even a 12-month supply of any medication. So you may need to have that talk with the doctor about if there are alternative or holistic treatments that can be utilized in lieu of prescription meds, because generally alternative naturopathic or holistic treatments are not regulated in terms of amount. You can generally purchase them in a larger quantity. You might even want to grow what some have termed an herbal apothecary, your own herbs and your own plants and vegetation that can be utilized to make medications or tea or salve or any number of ways that herbalists are very used to making with an herbal apothecary. You might even want to investigate some alternative antibiotics. There are some fish antibiotics that are available on the open market. I will tell you, full disclosure, that I am not recommending that you take them from me. Don't take the recommendation from me. Talk to your doctor about these alternative antibiotics and see if that might be a course that you want to go down. You're going to also want to consider a solar generator mainly if you have medications that have to be refrigerated. And did you know there are even ways to build your own refrigeration box? There are some styrofoam panels that can be assembled to make a refrigeration box, and you can actually Google that, styrofoam refrigeration box. A lot of folks actually make their own to use as an alternative refrigerator. Something, too, that senior citizens are going to want to sharpen up on, and that is your first aid skills. Remember how to stop bleeding. Remember how to bandage a wound. You're going to want to sharpen up on your first aid skills because if we're in a lockdown or a grid down situation, you've got to keep this in mind. You're now your first responder. In many, many cases, that is the way it is. Or you might be the first responder for a loved one or a family member that uh, is in the household with you. You're going to need to know some of those basic first aid techniques that could really make a big difference. Something else to keep in mind, and that is to stockpile medical equipment. And by that, I mean things like wheelchairs or crutches, walkers, shower and bath seating chairs, things like that, those types of uh, tools and equipment that would be very useful as we age and get older and have mobility issues. You're going to want some of that medical equipment on hand because it could be that the supply chain is going to dry up on some of that and you're not just going to be able to 
run out and buy what you need, you may need to think about recycling that or if you have family members that are no longer using that, hang on to those medical equipment uh, items because you just never know. Somebody might need that. Another thing to keep in mind for a senior citizen in the preparedness world is your mental preparedness. And many, many prepping survival experts do agree on this, that they do think that senior citizens very much benefit from reading and or listening to prepper books on skills and survival. It just kind of keeps you more alert and more aware of how to keep these skills and this knowledge at the forefront of your mind. You might also want to do this little task. This is actually something I did for my mom. I'll tell you what it was. When my mother was in memory care, she began to have days where she would forget who she was speaking to and she would forget the family. And then other days she absolutely knew exactly who we were. So she was coming in and out of memory issues. So I prepared a photo album. It was basically a three ring binder and I printed pictures of all of her children and grandchildren and great grandchildren. And I assembled them in this book and I added a caption at the bottom of each picture that identified the person in the picture and their relationship to her. For example, under my picture, I put, I'm your daughter. And under my brother's picture, I put, he is your son. And under the grandchildren, this is your granddaughter. This is your great-granddaughter. And that way she had some understanding of what the relationship was. And it actually did help her to remember faces, names, expressions. And you'll also find that that is a very good item to have for the nursing home staff to also be able to identify the loved ones that may be coming to visit someone like in a memory care situation. So that might be something that you want to do now and start rehearsing that and training someone to recognize those names and faces because it really would help their memory. Something else you can do for that herbal apothecary we talked about a moment ago, you can grow chamomile. Chamomile is a wonderful herb and it can be utilized to make tea, chamomile tea. It will relax people. It takes the stress away. It's actually used as an anti-anxiety. And for mental preparedness in times of stress, being able to sip some chamomile tea would actually be a very, very good idea. Now think about this senior citizens. Everybody has a job to do. So we want to harvest the wisdom of our senior citizens now when it's not an emergency. We want to begin learning from them. We want to pick their brain, if you will, because senior citizens have something very, very young people do not have. And what is that? That's life experience. And that gives you wisdom. And that builds character. And that is a way that a senior citizen can contribute to their community in a prepping situation. So begin to write down those very important skills and that very important wisdom and experience that your senior citizen loved one can share with you. Because this may very well be what it takes for you to survive. 
something else in the everyone has a job to do task, senior citizens can actually handle maybe lesser or smaller tasks, which would free up the younger people for the harder jobs like chopping wood and harvesting crops. Let the senior citizens do what's available and appropriate for their age, like some of the cooking and the mending and that sort of thing. And that way, everybody feels like they can contribute something to their mutually assisting group. Let's talk about self-defense for a moment. Now, senior citizens who grew up in the country or those who have had a law enforcement background or perhaps those that were in the military or even had military as a career, they're going to have a particular advantage when it comes to weaponry because they've had to use weaponry for one reason or another in their life for growing up or for their job or for the missions that they were sent on. So even if you've got that kind of experience, you're still going to want to train to keep your response times accurate, to keep your targeting more efficient. You want to continue to train, you know, just because you used a weapon 30 years ago and haven't since, I can about guarantee you, you're going to find that your skills have dulled a little bit. So get back out there and start training. And for those that are very concerned about a larger firearm that might have a lot of power and kick, we find that the AR-15 is a much kinder rifle. Ladies like to use them. There's even youth models of types of guns that are usable. that They kick almost not at all. They're very smooth. They're very easy to keep clean. They're very easy to handle. And this might be the firearm of choice for people that are interested in a long gun. You might also want to consider a 22 rifle or even a 22 handgun, and you want to train with it. If you've made the decision that using a firearm is going to be a way to keep you, the senior citizen, protected and secure, then you must train with it. Now let's take a turn. Let's talk about meat, heat, and cooking. The senior citizens can do a lot of wonderful things when it comes to cultivating small livestock. For example, many people actually have their own little hobby farms at their home and they're raising rabbits or chickens or ducks, goats. They're even building fish ponds. And all of these are designed to be a contribution to the nutrition. These animals will either be harvested for their meat or the goats will be milked for the dairy. The chickens will also lay eggs. The the fish ponds will be stocked with fish. And this can be a great protein source for someone who's cultivating their very own. A way to keep warm in the winter, think about this, particularly the senior citizen. Many of them cannot get out and chop firewood like they did when they were 21. Some of these folks are now 71, 81, 91 years old. This is where a pellet stove can be really, really helpful. You can use a pellet stove in place of having to chop or even store firewood. And you put this in a cast iron stove. And not only can that produce heat for your dwelling, it also provides a cooked surface so that you have a way to cook and prepare your food. But I do want to caution you. You want more than one source for heating your home. We certainly have that as well. We have a Mr. Buddy, which is a propane-powered, indoor-safe heating system. We've used it. It works beautifully. It's very simple to use. It's very easy to understand. Anyone can do this, and it can produce a very appreciable amount of heat in the home. So, now let's also talk about nursing home preparedness. This is probably 
the tougher part of what I'm talking about tonight because there's so many people that are in a skilled nursing center, a nursing home of some type, and they may be under a tremendous amount of medical care. And so if you've got a loved one that is in that situation, or if you yourself is in that situation, you want to have a discussion with the director of your nursing home to know what is the emergency plan, for example, if there's a prolonged power outage, or if there's a supply chain issue with the food, or, you know, if there's a storm, you know, those types of things. Find out what the emergency preparedness plan is at the facility and be a very active member of that discussion and even contribute some ideas of your own if they're willing to listen. And there may even be ways that there can be a bit of preparedness in a nursing home. And I realize that this is going to differ one to the other. And what I'm saying may work for some facilities and may not work at all for other facilities. But at least maybe take the time to make that photograph book for those loved ones who have dementia and make certain that the nursing home facility and the directors also know all of your contact information and make sure you keep that up to date. You know, a lot of times we change emails, we might even change phone numbers or addresses, and we might forget that we've got to update that information for our loved ones that are in the nursing home. So make sure that if someone's depending on you for contact, make certain that everything is up to date. You might even want to speak to the staff that's also at the facility, especially if they're regular staff and they work a regular shift. Get to know that person and have a relationship with that person so that if an emergency arises, Let them know that a loved one or help of some sort will be on the way to come and get that senior citizen that is in the nursing home situation and be responsible about that. Now, we talk about mutual assistance groups. It's known as MAGs in the prepper world. And a lot of times this can be a retirement community. It might be an assisted living community of people or just even groups in the neighborhood of like-minded senior citizens who can sort of band together and depend on one another in the event of emergency. I find that a lot of times when we know we've got someone else that we can rely on, that it does ease our mind a great deal and it stops a lot of the fear and anxiety that might otherwise grip someone. So if you're in the senior citizen community and you've got those friends and those neighbors that are very friendly with you and you have a lot of trust in them, that maybe you want to talk about some sort of an emergency plan. You don't even have to use the word prepping, but you may want to bring up a discussion about, hey, you know, what would happen to our neighborhood if the lights were out for a whole week? You know, what would we do? And maybe just start the conversation on the plan that could take place so that everyone could beneficially look out for one another and take care of one another. And also, make sure that if you've got a senior citizen in your family and you're one of these young whippersnappers we talk about, some of y'all that are like 45 and younger, those are whippersnappers to us. Have some respect and have some reverence even for your senior citizen family members and loved ones. They have so much to share with you and there's so much they can do for you that will help you learn so many skills and so much very necessary information. 
you want to make sure that a senior citizen feels and is completely appreciated and that you genuinely do care for what they know and how much you appreciate them sharing the things that they know and the skills they can teach you. It's vital. I mean, humankind has been in existence for about 65,000 years. And you know why? Because the old ones shared wisdom with the young ones. You know, we need to just keep doing that. And that's what we try to do here at Practical Prepping Podcast. We love you all from the youngest to the oldest, and we want to share the wisdom. We want to make sure that we reach out with care and comfort and benefit one to another. So senior citizen prepping, you better look out. We'd be the best at it there ever is. You know why? Because stuff happens. We want you to stay prepared. And we'll see you next time. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. You can email us at info at practicalprepping.info. And our website is practicalprepping.info. And remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.